You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Everybody and welcome to uh, Ryan Scotty's AEW All Out post show live on Patreon review of All Out pay per view review. I am Ryan Nightsy with me. <laughs> it is, <clears throat> you know, it's it's only twelve thirteen in the morning, but I feel better than I have in past you know early morning late night post pay-per-view thoughts i don't know how how are you feeling right now at this at this late junction i feel pretty good i need to so so obviously i watched it with my friend mm-hmm. and he was zonked right because like this is his first aw pay-per-view so you don't really know what to expect um i i need to re-watch the main event sure because one i was starting to get a little tired at times and i think i was kind of thrown off a little bit by a couple matches in a row that just ran out of energy you know the show really <coughs> excuse me hit a halt after that acclaimed tag match yeah in terms of i really did say i said this multiple times like the crowd is saving themselves from the main event that is what's happening here like initially no so initially i think there was a claimed match like calm down right yeah and then by the time you got to danielson and jericho which i didn't think was all that good it was like okay let's just let's just save ourselves for the main event here because we need all our energy for that match that's what we're here for after all um so you know for me and i'm sitting there right Mm-hmm. asking myself okay so are they gonna do the joker reveal at the end and <laughs> yeah like that's all that mattered to me at that point yeah so i gotta rewatch it because i remember liking it a lot but i missed some bits like just me watching wise um mm-hmm. the right result happened and i think the right finish of the entire show happened it was an up and down show it was an up and down show. Not AEW's finest pay per view, but nowhere close near their worst. Yeah. Either. No. Some great, great matches in there. Mm-hmm. Some duds. Some duds. Some interesting booking. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. This is one of the pay per views I'm most excited to talk about because it's very interesting booking in a lot of matches. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely a lot of. I enjoyed, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed myself. Like you said, there was a lot of stuff that was in there that was good. Some interesting booking decisions. There's just too many matches. Yeah. The the time doesn't matter to me. It's too many matches. It's too many. It's, I mean, how many matches have, like, why did we start, when did we start skyrocketing with these match numbers? With these papers? You don't. When did we start doing I, this? They've always had a lot of matches. Yeah. But, but I like, feel like I, think the past I thought 11 year, was like the usual. Let me look this up. And and you know, as I as I've thought about it, I think 
their main problem with these is that there's so many matches. I don't care that it ends at midnight. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's a four-hour pay-per-view. That's fine. It doesn't really affect me. It's the fact that you have so many matches that there's no time to breathe. There's no time to just rest. And listen, I watched Worlds Collide today. I watched Crash, uh, Clash of the Castle. I hate the Peacock breaks mm-hmm. i do because they're so long yeah but i was like you know some of those would have been good today just so i can like take a breather uh because again you're just going 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 and i think that hurts the matches overall it does yeah i'm looking i'm just scrolling through real quick the aew pay-per-view match you know number and in 20 what is it what year is this 2020 you know, uh, you know, we're at like nine matches a pay per view, right? Um, Which people thought was too many back then. Yeah, because I think at the time people were also comparing it to like uh, double or nothing a little bit. Uh, and then All Out expands to 11, 11 matches. Uh, f- full Gear goes back to nine. Then, then in 2021, a revolution in March. Ironically, that's when it. No, this actually stays back at nine. Where did it start going? Quite high, quite high. Um, Double or nothing. 2020 was that. How did I? I didn't realize I got this far. Um, I think I accidentally clicked the wrong link. That's probably what happened. It was. Yes, yeah, so Revolution 2022 was the first pay-per-view where they went above 10 matches, where they went to 12, right? Double or nothing, they went to 13. <laughs> Forbidden Door, they went to also 13. And for here, we're now at the most matches ever on a pay-per-view at 15. Granted, obviously, there's a couple matches that were super short, right? Uh-huh. Um, that were not a match, but rather just an angle. Do I want that on my pay-per-views? Mm, not really, not entirely. However, right. you know, it is one of those things, I guess, right? It is one of those things. So ultimately, it is what it is. I think I do think, though, that having more matches and, you know, filling up that time of entrances, and even if the matches are short, it does something right there. It, it creates more time in the middle where we could be watching really good wrestling or something. Uh, I feel like it's a response to like the bigger roster and more roster people and wanting to have everyone in the pay-per-views. And that's something that people have always been like arguing about is like, Oh, well we got this big roster. Why don't you just have everyone on the pay-per-views? Uh, but this is the byproduct of listening to that is having everyone on the pay-per-views, having shorter matches because of that, having more six-man tags because of that, um, and having all these instances. So, yeah, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. That's kind of what the, the whole gimmick here is. But ultimately, you know, I think for this show, it dragged in the middle, um, but it had good bookends. It had a, a little good match in the middle. Um, had a little in the middle, but it had much back on the back end. Uh, obviously we had the reveal of MJF returning to AEW, kind of returning. I don't know if he ever left. Uh, officially, uh, we had Tony Khan, Tony Khan's uh 
voicemails dug up uh, to do the reveal. Um, you know, I, I think people were paying attention, obviously. I don't think it was too, too subtle about who the Joker, the devil, was. Um, but ultimately was MJF. The Burberry scarf got a pop. MJF got a chant in Chicago against CM Punk. Um, oh so CM Punk's going off right now in the scrum. Oh, is he going off right now in the scrum? Ooh, great! Is he uh-huh. is he Roman Reigns in it? Is it is it good stuff? Is it good stuff? It sounds like he's going off about Cole Cabana. Hmm. Oh, he's CM going Punk, off about Cole CM, Cabana. CM Punk says AEW's EVPs couldn't manage a target. What? Oh boy. <laughs> he's what? like he's like he's like going off. Okay, can you I'm tra- can you can I'm you... not watching it. I'm trying to find people are pissed. Yeah, I'm seeing he's shooting. Okay, here we go. Let's see what Trevor Dame has. I see he's got stuff. Uh Punk is pissed off that someone asked about Colt. Apparently that's the first question. Wow. Okay, oh. here we go. Punk, are you friends with are you friends of Scott Colton? Reporter says no. Uh, that makes two of us, is what Punk's response is. Punk says he hasn't been friends with Scott and Colton for ten years. He's infuriated. He says he bought he brought a guy with him that he didn't that didn't want to see him at the top. He says he paid every pill bill for him. He has all the receipts. Punk quotes an email from Colt saying he didn't have to pay, and then says Colt only wanted to drop his lawsuit against him when they found out he shared a bank account with his mom. <laughs> Punk calls out the EVPs for planting the story. Says they couldn't manage a target. Says, quote, they should have fucking known better, and they shouldn't have done that. He understands sticking up for his friends he used to for Scott Colton. He is now shitting on Adam Page for going into business for himself Mm -hmm. on that promo. Says we're, quote, far beyond apologize, and Page jeopardized a million-dollar house here. Punk is absolutely infuriated, swearing, only referring to Colt as Scott Colton. Tony's uncomfortable pointing out that he told Forbes this week that Punk had nothing to do with Colt going to ROH. Punk says Tony shouldn't have have had to. Oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. I you know what? Here we go. Right off the bat. I will say with this all being blown up right now, as live as we're happening with this, uh, you know, compared to the WWE post conference, uh, I'm I'm loving the lack of snowball the Ooh. snowballs here, you know? I'm loving the we're throwing rocks. We're not throwing snowballs. Holy spicy shit. Meatball. That is a um, fucking... <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, okay, where do we go? Where do we, uh, where do we go here? I think, I think what we should do is maybe go to the top of the show and walk through this pay-per-view because otherwise it, look, it sounds like we might be stuck for a while. Maybe we'll just keep... You want to keep media call for the end? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Holy, it's already a lot. Oh my fucking god, my guy! Oh my god, I just love. Uh, Punk says when Scott Colton sued him, he asked to talk to him. He was denied. He was asked for meditation, mediation, mediation. He was denied. Punk offered him money. It was enough. Punk again. Says Colt sharing a bank account with his mom tells you all he needs to know. Holy shit. Uh, Trevor says he can't explain how angry Punk is. He's fuming. He's also he's also eating a muffin as he is ranting. And is now plugging the place that made them. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? 
Oh my god. Okay, yeah. Let's um let's talk about z- how, I mean, how do you go from just this to zero hour? Oh my god. Okay. Take a breath. <laughs> Take a pause, Scotty. I So I I so I I I put the scrum on just to see him eating the muffin. He's got blood all over his face, a towel around his neck. And it's just mowing on a muffin. And Tony Khan's just sitting there like, yeah, uh-huh. All right. All right, whatever. Let's just, let's, let's try and make this work. All right. AW zero. <laughs> oh, by the way, people, I love CM Punk and I always will. And that's part of the reason why, because he don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, uh, gotta regroup here. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go, dude. I don't. I'm not gonna react to it right now. I'll react to it later. Okay, yeah. Let's let's. But I think he's to... work. I think I think part of him's working. And part of them's not it's, like it's with the Colt punk. Cabana stuff. That's probably legit shoot because Colin by Scott Colton. I think the EVP and I don't know. Let's just let's just let's just try all on zero hour. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about zero hour and then we'll circle back to updates about that. So let's talk yeah, about zero just, hour. We just got hit by the golf cart the same Gavar <laughs> got hit by. Yeah, so we open up with us getting hit by a golf cart, just like Sammy Guevara. Oh, my God. Who even cares? Uh, (laughs) Trevor Dame. I just looked back at it, and Trevor Dame said that people are asking about MJF, uh, and Tony is giving a generic wrestling answer. It amazes me that Punk has done to MJF what MJF did to Wardlow at the last pay-per-view. No longer a story. Which is a great point, which is really how I feel right now. It's just like, how the fuck do we talk about anything else when that just happened? When he fucking shotgun blast, not like shooting, he a shotgun blast uh, at a press conference. All right. Um, uh, fucking Christ. This is bad audio. Ortiz and, and <laughs> Ruby you. Soho Thank versus you. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conchi and Street Clothes. Um, yeah, this. Ooh. So we opened up the zero hour of this. Uh, this was. You know, I've had the thought when I was watching this match that this was people like oh, dunk no, on it. Still going. <laughs> Don't look, look away. It's a car crash. I understand. Um, the thing is about this. Uh, this is one hundred percent a car crash that's happening. I mean, do we do we just have to swerve completely and just keep reading what the new posts are? No, no, we gotta focus. I mean, we got to review this show, and if we don't start with match one, we're gonna have fifteen matches by the time. May, do you want to just? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do okay, wanna, like, uh, no, because it's gonna keep coming out. Like they're gonna have Kenny on there. They're gonna have the Bucks, and they're gonna respond. I mean, at this point, I don't think you have Kenny on there. <laughs> I don't think you have the Bucks on there. I don't think you have the EVPs anywhere close to this. So, because that's all the questions they're gonna have for the EVPs. Well, he's, uh, he's friends with the old Bucks. Whatever. Supposedly. Okay. Let's start this show, please. <laughs> yeah, so zero hour. I, I'm, I'm staying off of Twitter until we are done. Yeah, that's a good point. So zero hour happened. Uh, Sam Guevara and Tammy Mello defeated Ortiz and Ruby Soho. So I had this thought when I was watching this match that 
Um, you know, people. Why is this happening? One, yes, uh, for the third time, right? The third time that this, this match rampage happened. match, uh, rampage special. Well, at least it was on zero hour. Um, well, no, I had the thought that like, remember at one point in time, people dunking on TK for not wanting to do like intergender wrestling on in uh, AEW. Yes. Yeah. Mixed tag team matches. I mean, look how much like intergender wrestling happened on this show, right? Um, you made that point uh, earlier today too. Maybe not like fully um, safe. This match, uh, Ruby Soho walked away with a broken nose. Uh, at one point, she got literally just just supremely dumped onto her neck, onto the like crown of her head. That was super bad, um, and not Kip Sapien super bad. Uh, it was uh, a fine match, a fine outing. Uh, was not the safest of matches, but boy howdy, it was there. Do you have any quick thoughts on that? I feel bad for Ruby for uh, breaking her nose. Obviously, that mm-hmm. sucked. Um, I didn't think the match was bad. Thought it was entertaining for what it was. Just weird. Like it's. I'm very ready to move on from this. Um, this Blackpool Combat Club Eddie Kingston Legion versus. Jericho Appreciation Society feud. It's lasted two pay-per-views now, and I think none of it delivered tonight. <laughs> so it's time to move on. Yeah, I think I think tonight is one hundred percent the end of that. I kind of we'll talk about it a little bit with Ricky Starks, but I definitely feel like they're already sizing up Ricky and Chris Jericho based on that kind of like post mm. post rampage stuff. Uh, so I feel like that is kind of where we're gonna head. So that's yeah. good. Finally, uh, but yeah, let's leave this alone there. FTW title match Hook defeats Angelo Parker. Um, after the match, Matt Menard beat up Hook, uh, and Action Bronson uh, made his debut and made the save. I was really hoping he was about to do a German suplex on either Matt Menard or Angelo Parker. Didn't quite get there, but uh, definitely bouncer levels of energy from Action Bronson. What do you think of this three-minute match? Um, it was exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. Got the job done. Hook one. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to stress a lot on the matches that I just don't care about. That's fair. That's fair. It's a sub five minute match. We can't talk about it too long. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it was a fine, again, another fine match. Hook isn't bad. Antela Parker's not it bad. Was a pre show match. Pre show match. What are you going to get? AEW All-Atlantic title match, Pac versus Kip Sabian. Now, this is the first time we've seen Kip Sabian since 2020. Well, you know, we've seen him, kind of. Uh, But the first time we've seen him in AEW in a ring since 2020. It's been a very long time since we've seen Kip Sabian in the ring proper. Uh, Sorry, not 2020, 2021. Uh, But it was in Daly's place, of all places, if, if you can believe it. Uh, it was what basically a month and a half. Oh, sorry, a year and a video half. Game match? Video, video game, video game match. The video game match. Yeah, yeah. That was a year and a half ago uh, when we saw Kip Sabian. So this was the first match back against Pat Pac. Uh, what did you think of this match? Um, you know, I thought this was it was it was fine. Like I thought it was probably Pac's best defense so far. Um, I've watched them all. I've watched all the, uh, you know, what ended up being dark special matches. 
in, in a sense, you know, gets LJ Cleary and yeah, other people I don't know. Um, I thought it was the best one, but like, I'm someone who, when I watched Kip Sabian back then, was never really like, oh wow, this guy, this guy deserves a push. This guy's, you know, super, super duper talented. He's fine. He's a I, the match ended, and I'm gonna be honest with everybody. I said, okay, have fun back on dark. Like, that's it's a it's very weird that he's still here. If that makes sense. Yeah, I we kind of talked about it when we were previewing the show. Is that Kip Sabian kind of needs a really good match, and it's very obvious that he is doing shtick. That is. I mean, Perry Saturn, right? Perry Saturn and the mop or the, pl- or, uh, what's the guy with the plastic head? Uh, maybe not Perry Saturn and the mop. Cause that was more of a love angle, I guess. <laughs> Who was the plastic guy with the head? Al Snow, kind of an Al Snow gimmick, a little bit updated for a modern age, I guess. Um, kind of like a, Ooh, my, my brain is all busted, I guess. Cause I'm overrated, underappreciated or whatever. I didn't really see, I wasn't too into it. I can see a group of people being into this down the road, but ultimately right now, I don't know, man. <laughs> I I was, I really need you to reinvent yourself in a good way. And you reinvented yourself in a way that is just like, yeah, it, it's interesting. Maybe I guess. Is it like, I think it's really boring. Like I, his reinvention to me isn't all that reinventing. It's just Kip Sabian that wears box on his head. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm more. I'm I'm excited for Pack and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, me too. Because I actually loved their match whenever they had it mm-hmm. long ago. Um, and I think they sold it well throughout the night. Actually, um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, no, I am too. I think that should be a better, well-received match. Because last it's one, it's about time. Pack, it's a match of meaning. I agree. Speaking of matches with meaning, uh, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii. Holy shit! What a match! <laughs> yeah, what a so transition! They, so what a match! So that so they watched. They didn't watch Walter versus Sheamus, but they pretty much were just like the sequel to it. <laughs> Uh, 100%. Where, where they just literally chopped each other for the entire time. Then they tossed the moves in at the end, but it was a great match. Um, you know, one of the best pre-show matches you'll ever see. I think that goes without a doubt. And now there's reason for a third match between these two, which is always exciting. Um, yeah, gr- great stuff. I mean, this was this was one of the four matches I really enjoyed from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, good stuff. Yeah, if Wrestle Kingdom was multiple nights, 100% have this at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Now that's one night, I'm not so sure. But Ishii, Ishii's ready for Rambo. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, this was great. This was a really great match. Uh, I, for I mean, the match itself was how long? 13 minutes and 27 seconds? I would reckon maybe for the first 8 minutes, 8-10 minutes... Um, Eddie Kingston's only offensive moves were uh, chops and elbows. <laughs> I don't think he did another offensive move, move in all those. Now, Ishii, Ishii did other stuff, but just 
his chest it looked like it looked like we're Cody in the Hell in a Cell after a while with that Ishii's mm. chest. It was so bad, oh, yeah. blood vessels bursting. Oh, holy shit! You know, it was disgusting. It um, was it was exactly yeah, what it, was. It, it was fantastic stuff. It was <laughs> it was exactly what I expected. I think my only critique, my only critique, mm-hmm. is that I wish it had more meaning. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. It was. A- I feel like the first one had meaning, right? With the I want to, you know, you go. You were taught by who you were taught by. And I want to go down the king's road, and this one was just kind of like, hey, let's just put this promo quickly together. Mm-hmm. And they already had a match. We're just talking this on the pre-show, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm happy we got it in the first place, but I definitely like the first one mo- more. But I thought this was great. Right. Does that make sense? No, I agree. I totally agree. I think, yeah, I mean, it was a great match, but I think there was definitely that like element of something lacking um, where it was. It was more so like Suzuki and Danielson, which was it wasn't a first time ever type thing. Yes. So so it it didn't have that extra effect or conversely, like you kind of compared it to Gunta and Sheamus you know, was a hard-hitting brawl, but then had an unexpected level of psychology. Here, right. if it had... Just beat the snot out of yeah. each other. That Here, if it had psychology, I didn't pick yeah. up on it. So maybe that's no, on there me. there was no psychology. It was, it was, it was an Ishii match. Yeah. This, this was an Ishii... This was a really good G1 Climax match. Mm, you know mm, this is a great g1 climax ishii match very, yeah that's very much what it was yeah which you know, i'm not complaining very no, good no no again it was one of the four like great to fantastic matches on this show in my opinion i agree great now that zero hours over let's go back to cm punk <laughs> do you want some want some more juice ready strap in folks uh um, so i'm already gonna say it yeah i think he's half working and I said this earlier, but the more that I'm reading this, like some people say this is absolutely not a work. I think the stuff on Colt and Hangman, mm-hmm. probably not, right? Yeah. Like that seems very serious. It feels very specific, but now he's, so what I'm seeing is he, he went on to the elite, obviously. And he also talked about MJF and how MJF doesn't want to be there. Yes. I think both of those are working. I think both of those are working because I, a lot of people said instantly, oh, so they're going to do Punk FTR versus the Elite. Very possible. Very mm-hmm. possible to set that up after the MJF stuff, probably. I could see that. Um, I could see MJF. M- the MJF stuff is all work. It's all work. Oh, he doesn't want to be here. Yes, that's literally the entire story that we're doing. Um, but to me, it's it's – it's a little half, half and half to the point where the line is now blurred. And that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah. I think you also need to keep in context what um, Tony Khan said on Wrestling Observer, the Q&A, right? What he said there was um, how he thinks that a lot of money is in ex WWE people versus AEW originals. You know, we saw that tonight with a couple of matches. Right, we saw that tonight. Oh my god, my cat is trying to sit on a soundboard. Get out of here, man! Get out of here. This show is chaos. CM Punk is derailing us. There's a cat 
in the way. He's knocking over everything. Get out of here, bud. All right, so I'll go over some of the stuff that I'm catching up on now. Just real uh, quickly, Al- he so Tony Khan said that like there's definitely like money in that idea. With that instead, go ahead. What is Punk complaining about with the AEW originals? Yeah, well, I'm just following John Alba here, and mm-hmm. he he kind of put it all together. So, like you said, the jeopardized hangman uh, with the EVPs. It's still the information about Scott Colton, who he continues to call by Scott Colton. Yep. Um, he said, like you said, the offer the money. He turned it down. It says MJF set up a challenger for CM Punk, regardless of the circumstances. CM Punk says the EVPs are stepping on their own dick. Uh, CM Punk says he wore Danhausen's boots tonight because his foot is still not totally back to normal. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, says he believes the place he works and they have he believes in the place he works and they have a lot of talent. He says he still believes in five years AEW will be on course as he felt a year ago, but says there's still a lot of drama and hopes they work through it. Says he hopes Adam Cole stays healthy. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, some other bits I'm reading here are that um, talking about his injury. Oh, he says Scott Colton doesn't deserve for him to say his name. Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus. And now it's Swerve and Keith Lee next, which will be probably pretty plain. Uh, according to Trevor Dame, at Trevor Dame, he says that people are, Punk is so fucking mad that people are asking questions. The people that are asking questions are audibly nervous and scared. Um, and then he had promptly had to apologize to a question asker. Um, Punk says he's tired of, so this is actually very interesting. Punk says he's tired of working these pricks. Earlier, he talked about Tony keep matching him up with people with people that yeah. he hates. Punk says that grass is not green on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it, and MJF shits on it. Punk also expressed anger at people in AEW who did not want to look for advice from vets. Quote, our locker room, for all the wisdom and brilliance it has, isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything to business do public interviews and say, well, I don't really take advice. Who the fuck do you think you are? Don't know who that is. That's work. I think it's MJF, right? I may. I think, I think maybe. M, I think MJF said that. I think MJF said. I don't that. recall, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, he does praise Adam Cole. Calls him a sweetheart. Uh, he says interesting. That's he, interesting. He says that his his injury, his foot injury, was really bad. He's like he's in the promo. He's at a hundred percent, but a new one hundred. Um. Yeah. Uh. Apparently he's mad at Brian Alvarez for something. <laughs> so, so I read someone. Uh, someone said that no one's asking like good follow up questions to any of this because they're they're scared, right? They're, I mean, that's they're the terrified. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, go ahead. I. Why? So for me, I think. I think the so I understand like why the media would ask about Cole Cabana. But yeah. at the same time, that's a very personal subject mm-hmm. that they've kept quiet for a reason, right? Yep. No one talks about it. End of story. So I don't, I think it was a question not worth bringing up. I mean, I that, think, that is something that. You, is, but you knew the answer when you asked it. I know. I know. That's the problem. People should be asking questions for me. They should have went about MJF. Maybe about Hangman Page. I think that's different. Mm-hmm. 
but we've known the Colt Cabana stuff and that they're not friends for a long time. Yeah. For me, I, I think that question was just not worth asking. And yeah. that's what saw, that's what saw, sent him off. So, like, at that point, he doesn't want to talk. Which, to be fair, is true, but also at the same time, that is also something that wrestling media has a tough time doing, which is following up on uh, questions or, or, or things that the wrestler has said. Everyone comes in with a question that they want to say, but when something interesting happens in the presser, like we talked about kind of, we didn't really get to talk, to, talk about too much in the Ring Post Radio, but one of the things from the TK, TK Media call, right, was him alluding to WWE, you know, getting involved in his roster, right, and asking, hey, you should get out of your contract and contract tampering all this stuff, and said that he won't talk about it unless someone asks about it. No one asked about it. You know, it's one of those things that like wrestling media has a tough time doing, which is, yeah, yeah I'm sure your question's interesting, but if new right. news just broke in this instance, you've got to drop your question and you got to ask the new thing. I get being scared of punk in this moment. Uh, I didn't watch that video, but I'm sure it's terrifying. But it is this idea of like we. I, I see the video. We got to do a better job of that. Yeah, we got to do a better job of that. Yeah. Um, he finished up by saying the two people that made the most money off of him were Scott Colton and Vince McMahon, which is very funny. And then he walked off. He was done. Um, so, like you said. There's so many other things to bring up. Yeah. Um, and I, I really think you wait. They wasted their shot of talking with CM Punk. The, the guy that just won the world title has MJF as a challenger. There's just so, ah, whatever, whatever. I, I wonder whatever. how much, like, I wonder how much of that was CM Punk wanting to get something off of his chest. Probably. Like he, like it's CM Punk. We all know CM Punk. It is, is, what he wants to do. He did a whole podcast where he wanted to get something off his chest. Um, (laughs) So I wonder how much of it was. He didn't want to say anything for a long time. And then he was asked that question. It set him off. And then he unloaded what he was carrying with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Now up are apparently Swerve and Keith Lee. So I'm sure that will be much more, much more calm. Uh, uh, yeah, we can, I guess we could talk about the show now. Yeah, let's talk about the actual all-out pay-per-view. Um, we don't have attendance numbers or anything. I don't believe they didn't. Uh, yeah. I have to look that up. Um, but yeah, no, all-out in the now arena. Um, like we said, I think both of us kind of agree. What would you grade this pay-per-view? I would maybe be like a B minus for me. Uh. So like the highs are really high, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the lows are really low. So like that's the problem. Like they so there were three matches on the main card I really enjoyed out of uh, eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I think I go B because I thought they were really good and the surprise at the end, which wasn't kind of a surprise, but it was perfectly executed despite the ladder match feeling like a wet fart. Cause it all, it all came back. Yeah. Um, I see some people saying they should have saved it for Wednesday. Absolutely. Should not have saved that for Wednesday. Uh, no. So, and like some matches were like fine. Mm-hmm. I like certain things they did. They listened to exactly what I wanted in the, uh, 
women's match. So like, yeah, I'll go with B, B minus possible, but I'll go with B for that. That's fair. That's fair. Well, let's start off with the casino ladder match. Of course, it was Andrade, Claudio Castagnoli, Dante Martin, Penta El Zero, Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, and Wheeler Yuta all getting their asses kicked by uh, Stokely Hathaway's new, seemingly new faction. Out came the Joker in a devil mask to Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. I'm sure that cost a lot of money. Uh, and then uh, Stokely handed the poker chip to uh the devil which we later find found out was mjf you talked about it being a wet fart for you um would talk about it me in real time what do you think about the match before the joker came out and what did you, how did that much how much of that changed for you uh once mjf walked out i thought the ladder match was really entertaining you know it was a ladder match with the, the guys involved you kind of expected it to be kind of crazy um I think also part of the problem for me with this ladder match is it felt like it still had another five, ten minutes, and mm. it just obviously it stopped because you had the Stokely Hathaway attack. So here's the reason it felt like a wet fart originally. is because you have Stokely go out there, you have him take it down, and then you like they're revealing all the guys involved, and it's like, oh, this is the group. Wow. Like Ethan Page, the guns. I like Lee Moriarty. Um, what, Lee Moriarty. Cast. Lee Moriarty with that fresh ass orange uh, yeah. Frank Ocean haircut. <laughs> like it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. And then like you have the guy walk out right with the song, and then you're kind of sitting there like, oh, is he gonna reveal who himself? Is and you saw the MJF walk, so you kind of knew. At least I knew instantly. And then you just kind of sit there like, hmm, all right, well, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. But the reason it was a wet fart is because the crowd got so quiet waiting and waiting and waiting, mm-hmm. and then they didn't do the reveal, and then they just moved on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I felt like a wet fart. Now that we got the reveal at the end and the way they executed it, it does make it better. It does make it better. But at the time, and that's how I have to grade this ultimately is because that's when I was watching it. It did hurt the match. It did, That's what it did because the match was very entertaining before that. Yeah, the match, I thought the match itself was very good. It's a ladder good. match. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, you know, some awkward think, stuff with the Claudio Andrade bit was, I think, awkward and messed up somehow. I don't know what it was supposed to oh, be. Oh, big time. Uh, but Pentagon and Phoenix doing their lucha crap uh to a, through the ladder, not through a ladder, but through a table. Uh, I thought that was really well done. Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, it, I understand why you say it became a wet fart. Uh, for me, I was like, oh, it wasn't, I don't think it, it definitely dropped the match. It didn't become a wet fart for me, but it was definitely like, well, this is interesting. You know, it's definitely very angle-y, um, but ultimately it, it is what it is. It was something different um of the however many casino ladder match royal whatever nonsense we get it was certainly something different i didn't i didn't hate it per se but it was definitely something i wasn't 100 percent jazzed at of course i would have loved to see that at the same time now scotty i you know i could see an argument saying that this was a way to try to deter 
cheers for MJF's return, right? Imagine if it was MJF that just straight up came out, mm, right? Sure. And that yeah. was and that was just that. He would have been cheered out the door and he would have won and everyone would be like losing their minds, right? Mm. Uh instead we get, you know, the voicemails and and the flashbacks to CM Punk promos and all that stuff. So I think what it ended up being as an execution worked better than you, you had, we had to eat this sort of crap to get a better meal at the end of it, uh, rather than just a subpar, uh, meal, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> I agree. I agree to that. I agree to that for sure. Not a real, um, not a real analogy, it, by any sense. The it, 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 what you're saying is it worked out in the end. Which yeah. I agree with, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can move on, um, but I think you, I think you touched on it perfectly in the sense that it works out all in the end. It's just like remembering in the moment. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's stuck. Um, AEW World Trios Title Tournament Final Match. It was Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson defeated the team of Alex Reynolds and John Silver. And Adam Page to become the first ever AEW World Trios champions. I thought that for me, match of the night, easy match of the night. Yeah, I thought too. the work here was really, really great. Uh, I thought the storytelling was really great. We didn't, we didn't necessarily get the Adam Page stalling. Um, it was just sort of he looked over. I it was like the way they did it. Yeah, yeah. He he was still trying to hit Kenny Omega. Uh, but it wasn't like he stalled or second guessed himself. He was ready to do it. It was just like he looked down at Matt Jackson. I was like, "Bro, get out of my way!" And then Matt stopped him and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, I love the the young buckshot lariat. I thought that was good um, yeah. from Nick Jackson. And I loved I loved the finish of this match. Yes. That I love the finish of the match. I loved. Uh, Adam Page going for Kenny Omega with John Silver holding him. Kenny Omega ducking him, knocking John Silver's jaw off of his head. It's perfect. And then, and then the Young Bucks coming in immediately shoving Adam Page out of the way, and Kenny Omega pinning Silver. Great stuff there. I, it was reminiscent of their tag type titles, right? Buckshot yeah. Lariat Omega pins him. So that was uh, that was beautiful. I thought that was wonderfully for, done. For me, the only way this wouldn't have been the match of the night is if the other match I really loved that I'm not going back to rewatch had the right winner. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, which, you know, can hurt a match a little bit because this match had the right winner and this match was executed perfectly. No other trios match in this tournament had as good a story. And mm -hmm. I don't think anyone expected it to have as good a story because of the Elite and Hangman Page. And it was interesting for me because, you know, you start off the match with Hangman in the ring and he's fighting, you know, he's fighting Nick Jackson. Like it's no, it's just another normal match. And I thought that was interesting to do that because, you know, they didn't do the, like the over dramatized, like stare down at first with them and be like, Oh my God, they're teaming together. Also, by the way, Kenny's entrance was once again, phenomenal. Kevin Nash's favorite wrestler, big pop for that. And also probably Will Ospreay. So that was great stuff. Um, also, when Kenny walked out, I said, oh, this guy couldn't be more back. I think I tweeted that, actually. Yeah. Uh, which is very funny. He couldn't 
be more back. And I think like every, and, and this might sound insane to some people, but every single match he's had back is like, for me, for me, a match guide match. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I'm so glad you brought that up. He's so fucking good. Yeah. But he we also have to remember he has the best tag team in the world right next to him. So it's like even if he wasn't a hundred percent, which he very much is, if you didn't get the idea in this match, he hasn't been a hundred he hasn't been this good since he fought Okada. That's what it feels like. He was never this consistent and this clean and this just great in AEW. He has some great matches. Let's say maybe the Danielson match, maybe. Yeah, I would I would agree to that. But that's also like, you know, adrenaline is a, is a crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> and like the idea of that match kicking off that show in the Grand Slam, Danielson's first match. Mm-hmm. It almost like he almost had to be perfect, yeah. In a way, yeah. And the rematch will be amazing whenever it happens. So I'll agree to that. That's that's still his best match in AEW. Yeah, I think personally. I also like the uh, pack match, uh, the the Iron Man. The Iron Man was really good mm-hmm. um, from many many eons ago. For those who may not forget. Yep. But Kenny Omega, like he. He is going to be if if this somehow continues, <laughs> which I don't know if it can. It's good streak. He he could somehow get his ass into wrestler of the year conversation if every match he has, which he's shooting a hundred percent for me so far, is that great? Right? Like he started off with who they fight, uh, Los Granables. Yep. You know, fantastic stuff there. Mm-hmm. You and me talked about the Osprey match today. Yep. And then you go into this match with the story. And like you said, the finish was perfection. But I'll I'll take it one step further. The final, the closing sequence of that match was perfection. With John Silver getting the nearest of near falls on Kenny Omega. Not once, but twice. When he rolled him up off of the one-winged angel, I actually thought they won. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it was it was a brilliant match, and you know also why they you probably thought they won because, because that is how they won both of their matches with a roll up, right? On the right. tournament, they exactly. won both they, of them they with built it with perfectly. And it, listen, I think I'm still gonna probably prefer the Osprey Omega match. I call it them because no offense to Aussie Open Young Bucks, but. It was all about them going into that. That's probably still my favorite match of the tournament. Yeah. But the story in this one carried it so much that it was so close. And it was a great final. These trio of belts are like the best thing to happen to this damn company. Because now you have great matches every time they're defended. You have the elitist champions. Kenny Omega, again, couldn't be more back. This was my match of the night. Um, I thought it was just outstanding stuff. You know, John Silver and Alex Reynolds were great in their roles. I want to give them credit. Mm-hmm. The Young Bucks are the tag team of the year. I don't want to hear your FTR bullshit anymore. Uh, really? And you're, Hangman, you're, you're, you're shoving FTR all the way to the side already? 
Yeah, I mean, the Young Bucks may not have a five-star match this year, but they just have consistency up the wazoo. I I watched two trios matches tonight that involved one involved the Young Bucks and one involved FTR. The team that FTR won against was the Motor City Machine Guns. Mm-hmm. The team the Young Bucks went against was John Silver and Alex Reynolds. The Beaver Boys. And they they cleared it yeah. by a lot. So, yeah, I'm going to kick FTR to the side. Um, it, definitely, uh, it definitely had the sort of um, – fuck, what's the word? Um, I forget what I was going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> Interrupted you. I forgot what I was going to say. Ken- Kenny's Terminator dive? Mm-hmm. A thing of beauty. Everything he did was a thing of beauty. Heyman Page felt more important in this match than he has since he lost the AEW World Title. Yep, I agree with that. It was. It, I think this was everything they could have asked for. I really do. I think they hit on all cylinders. Yeah, this was the best this match was going to be, um, unless like Hangman brought in. No offense to the Beaver Boys, but an even better team. But it worked perfectly because he screwed them in the end. Yeah. He didn't want to be in this tournament. He didn't want to be involved. He just wanted to cheer the Doc Order on. And in the end, he's the reason they lost. Mm-hmm. Perfectly done. Yeah, it was perfectly done. Not just like the ending being the also cause of it, but I would 100% say that there was a point in the match where he was willing to fight the elite by himself, seemingly uh at the very beginning of the match i felt that 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 very strongly come across uh yeah no the match is fantastic the finish was fantastic um it's unbelievable i'm glad you brought up like wrestler of the year talk because um one i wonder i mean do we you know you're saying young bucks is tag team of the year you know but all the really great stuff recently has been trios matches but do we consider trios a tag team so tag team of the year for me would be a conversation between FTR and the elite as a, as a right. tag team, right? The new day can be tag team. So maybe it's, maybe that's the conversation that we should be having. Um, and, uh, and I looked at this today. So I, you know, obviously I have three Kenny Omega for me has three, four plus star, three, four plus star matches uh, since in a month. So in a month, he went from obviously not rated to uh, 22, 22nd uh, of my year's ranking so far, which is yeah, t- incredible, man. tied with Julia. That's crazy. <laughs> that, is, That's crazy. that is how much of a difference a month has been for uh, this guy. And it is he unbelievable. Is, he's, he is as good as it gets. Yeah. He... Never go away again, Kenny. No, he's... <laughs> well, well, unless you have to get yourself fixed, which clearly was the best thing you could have done because now you are as good. It, it just feels like you're Kenny again. 38 years old, you get so much left of the tank. Uh, these trios belts are just everything, man. They're the best. I agree. I agree. They're not my favorite belts in the company by this many. <laughs> I'm going to swerve real quickly into the uh, um, the press conference real quick with Swerve and Keith Lee at the stand. Stand. Okay. I don't know why I said that. Juicy. Uh, um, let's see. So uh, they talk about their tension as if it was real. 
Um, uh, someone asked Tony Khan if he considered calling an audible during the tag team match. Uh, Tony says he will answer the that later, but he wants just questions for Swerving Lee now. Um, Tony calls a tag team match tonight one of the best tag te- pay-per-view tag matches AEW has ever had. Tony teases an acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory rematch at four grand slam. Uh, hypothetically, he thinks it'd be a great one to book. So it looks like we're probably going to get one. Um, I have uh, many thoughts about that match too. Uh, Swerve in our glory is full on character promo mode, hyping a future match. Swerve dropping F bombs. Lee tells the acclaimed to get rid of the stereotypes. Swerve tells him to get rid of Billy Gunn. Uh, Swerve also points out they had this match had four African Americans in the ring and an African American referee. Uh, says they're going to keep making history, and then they promptly hug Tony Khan afterwards. You always got to get that, got to get that shot in there. You got to get that meme of. I feel like Tony Khan, T- Tony Khan hugging his talent is the Triple H pointing to the talent uh, of mm-hmm. this generation, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, moving on to the next match in the pay-per-view, we have the AEW TBS title match, Jade Cargill, um, wearing green because she's all money, uh, defeating Athena. She was She-Hulk, it was sick. She, I, t- I tweeted out that it was like, it was, what she was was the culmination of uh, what everyone was pissed about last week, that post-credits bit. Like, it was like, she was basically, if mm-hmm. if, if She-Hulk and Megan Thee Stallion had a baby, it would be Jade Cargill in that exact moment. <laughs> Uh, but yes what did you think of this was a four minute match very short i i saw somewhere that sean ross Sapp said that they went under their allotted time um what did you think of this people jumping out of the goddamn chairs for this one Mm -hmm. saw some people like wow don't let anyone tell you it wasn't great it was great i thought the beginning was great Mm -hmm. that kind of fell apart after that and the match and then the match was over yeah um, and Athena just just got killed. Yeah, like uh, like it was nothing. Yeah, she definitely got killed like it was nothing. Uh, a lot I of I think it's it's still probably one of Jade's best defenses. Truthfully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that there's a long list of greatness there. Uh, but weird. Yeah, weird. Weird is the word. Definitely, I feel like Athena um, was under the. Uh, what, I, I think Jean, I think actually Athena for school uh, went to the uh, John Cena school of calling matches because she was super loud during this match, and that kind of obviously uh, took away some of the bits. I think uh, for me personally, but ultimately, Kip I agree though. That was pretty cool. That was really good. The uh, the springboard uh, into a kick from Jade Cargill looked really good. There was a lot of stuff that looked really good. There was some stuff that just didn't really connect to me, and I think the talking during the match wasn't helpful. Helpful, but ultimately, you know, four minute match didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, like for me, this is probably on the same levels of enjoyment of the Danielson Jericho match, which. Says a lot. <laughs> That's a loaded. That's a loaded answer right there. That's a loaded answer that we will get into. Um, uh, Six man yeah. tag team match: FTR and Wardlow defeated the team of Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Um, I thought this match was okay. I thought it was fine. It was what it was. It was I think a TV match. It was a. T- That's a. 
this is a great point that you're having right now. Uh, from the AWTBS title to, I mean, this the next three matches here, all TV matches, right? And then and then we get the World Tag Team title, which would be like a great main event TV match. And then we get like four more TV matches. <laughs> I feel like this it was a, a disappointment for me to say the least about this match. I mean, ultimately, I think though that the the match is whatever. But I think the more interesting news, the more heartwarming bits, is that at the end of it, we had a very good heartwarming moment uh, between uh, Dax Harwood, yeah. uh, his daughter, uh, a busted up Samoa Joe. A uh, very heartwarming uh, <laughs> moment for all three of them to come together in the ring and beat up Sanjay Dutt. So. I thought, I thought the post match was fantastic. Um, just wonderful stuff there. Um, me and my friend made the joke. Oh, our name's Finley. She loves the fight. Uh, <laughs> uh, Samoa Joe always pop for the Samoa Joe return. Anytime that man walks through the building, happy he's back. He's been very missed. Um, the match is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they teased a little bit of what FTR and Motor City Machine Guns could be. Shocker. It could be really good. But never to the point where you like got excited about those matches. Again, TV match. Yeah. Um, not yeah. bad. Not great. Just fine. Yeah. Uh, does it make me excited excited for an FTR Motor Machine Guns match? Maybe. I mean, they were good. Motor Machine Guns were good in this match, certainly. But it was it just Motor Machine Guns playing heels is weird. <laughs> I think Chris Saban playing a heel is weird. I think Alex yeah, Shelley is great. Shelley does it all the time. Uh, but it's like Alex Shelley can be a real them, good prick. <laughs> watching them be heels is just weird to me because I'm like, when are the Motor Machine Guns heels? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that's fair. That's fair. It's a match I'll I won't remember. That's my best way to say it. I will I will forget this happened in a month. Mm-hmm. That's that's I, I agreed. I, I can agree to that. Ward looked great though. Ward looked good. Good. He beat up also pop for Samoa Joe just running down to the ring and just headbutting Satnam Singh and then immediately <laughs> breaking up breaking his face. <laughs> hey, you know that's a Goldberg move. Very good. I can't wait to see Samoa Joe tased, I guess. Um, or take out his son and say something with, to him or whatever. Uh, next match. Oh, I need to, oh, I need to say something. Oh, go. Powerhouse. West side, east side, all the sides, north sides. Is that how the song goes? I don't know. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs, Powerhouse, uh, defeated Ricky Starks in five minutes and 12 seconds an undoubtable not an upset that's not the word a surprise finish uh i I don't think any of us saw a five minute match coming out of here it was definitely sudden definitely not expected um and it was great uh i thought i thought hobbs and starks looked good here uh but obviously the internet wants to know scotty is starks officially buried no no, not at all. Um, I think Powerhouse Hobbs is just that guy. I think he's that guy. I think <laughs> there's no question is beating Wardlow. <laughs> That's what I walked away from this. I was like, this man is ready to beat Wardlow at any time. 
Um, the the reason I like this so much is that they made that spine buster the most deadly move in this company because Ricky got caught, he got hit by it, it was over. Just when he was firing up, right? Mm-hmm. Just when he was firing up. And I don't think it buries Ricky Starks. I think Ricky Starks now can have a story where he redeems himself and builds himself up. Like you said, the hint of Chris Jericho, that could be the feud that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I think Ricky will be fine. Most importantly, Powerless Hobbs got a much-needed major win because I feel like he's never had one. So, yeah. Uh, and, and as Fight Little reported earlier today, he's in line for a big push. So, yeah. It's time, baby. I think this is Hobbs' biggest win of his career. Ricky Starks can lose here because he is eventually going to be put over by Chris Jericho, as I sort of talked yeah. about. And, and, and here's my here is my biggest thing to say about this. Ricky Starks had the FTW title. Brian Cage had the FTW title. Mm-hmm. Hook has the FTW title. Carlos Hobbs never got the title. He was just always there. Yeah. You needed to establish him one way or the other. Have him win big here. Easy money. Also, uh, Sean Ross Sepp says there's already big heat backstage following the CM Punk news, and he will be putting it on Fightful Select soon. So, well, let's on that note, wrestling, baby. On that note, let's swerve back into the uh, press conference with Tony Storm. Tony Storm says she loves the locker room, she fell in love with it on her first day here. Um, she's the only person that doesn't have any problem with anyone in the locker room. Apparently Tony says the interim tag is not ideal. Uh, she is quoted as saying Thunder Rosa says she's injured. Okay. So when she's not injured, she can, so when she says she's not injured, she can come, come back and lose to me. And that will be the end of that. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, All right. Tony says he cannot ask for a more professional wrestler to be an intermens champion than Moxley. And he feels the same way about Tony for the women. Uh, sh- uh, Tony. Anderson- Does anyone remember how weird Tony storm interviews are? Yeah. Like anytime I feel like they put a microphone in front of her. Do you remember like the one where she was high as hell and did an interview like a few months ago? I don't know if you remember yeah. that, but she was high and she did like a high spots one or something. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. So like, I'm not taking this at anything. Well, now the, the, the Tony Khan uh, says that he feels that she is a very professional person. Um, so that's something. Tony oh, points out how months ago she didn't, was, she didn't even know she was going to have a job and now she's AEW champion. Um, I think she was worried about getting a job. Meltzer asked Tony who'd she like to wrestle. Dave, Better questions, Dave. Uh, she says she wants another. Uh, to be fair, I have no idea what I would ask Tony. Storm. Fair enough. <laughs> she wants another match of Hater. Says there's so many people she wants to I work. Agree. Anna J uh, is someone. Uh, apparently, Tony Khan suggests Ty Conti uh, and Red Velvet. Yeah. Red Velvet's good. Yeah. Um, my God, my conversation about this woman's division was so correct earlier. Yeah. Uh, they don't have Sasha, Becky, or Bailey. They got Anna Jay and Ty Conchie. Sorry, Mello. Yes. 
Uh, Tony brings up Serena Deeb as well. Tony, uh, Tony, sorry, Tony Storm then gets real excited about that, says that's who she was trying to think of before, uh, and she couldn't remember her. Uh, so that is pretty much it. Um, <laughs> someone apparently also asked about WB contract tampering. Tony says he can't comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going insane, dude. And then uh, Jericho comes out. But before we get to Jericho, we'll get to the AEW uh, World Tag Team Title Match to lift our spirits up with Keith Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland defeating the team of Anthony Bones and Max Caster. You and I both thought that this match was a hundred percent going to Swerve in our glory, uh, and boy howdy, the crowd made us believe in the acclaimed. And then oh the acclaim, the claim did their jobs as professional wrestlers, and you know the crowd believed in them. They pr- then proved to the crowd why you believed them, why everyone loves the acclaimed, because that was a star-making performance from Anthony Bowens, from Max Caster, uh, from Billy Gunn's new chant. Um, it was a star-making performance. It was a slight heel turn, which was great. Love seeing that from Lee and Swerve. They great were match. So good in the heel role. Um, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I said, this might have been my match of the night if the acclaimed won. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it completely transforms how you walk away from it if they win. Obviously, um, but man, what a performance by these t- these two teams. I think I think it's worth talking about. The acclaim obviously stepped up. They show out. They showed out. They showed that they are ready. But Ryan, this is the best way to say it. The acclaimed have arrived. They should, someone should call them the arrived. Well, that's literally their, their whole thing is the acclaimed have arrived. But sorry, uh, they. I mean, Anthony Bowens, I thought was phenomenal in this match, working his like with his knee and selling his knee, and Swerve is going to be a fantastic heel. Yeah, the moment they let him go, like he was so good at it, and it was interesting to see Keith Lee in that role because we never get to see that, and it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking, and this is coming from someone that didn't want Swerve and Keith Lee to win lose. I didn't want them to lose at all. It was heartbreaking to see the acclaim fall, but that's how good of a performance they had. Yep. The crowd again was fantastic for this match. Yep. And it's only the beginning for the acclaim. They're going to have their run. They're going to get there. Could be as soon as the Grand Slam. As Tony Khan TK into that. Uh, so, so I assume that will be happening. <laughs> Grand Slam. Yeah. I mean, he's in a great spot. Uh, but just, you know, fantastic stuff. Uh, I have to rewatch the main event, mm-hmm. but this was this was class. If Great to- job by both of them. Absolutely surpassed everyone's expectations, I'm sure. 100%. Do you think the acclaim can maintain uh their uh, uh cheering cheered cheerdom? That's not the word. Can maintain their their the hype they're on, the level they're on? for another couple of weeks to grand slam. And maybe that's when they switch the titles. Do you think that's when it happens? Like, 
We gotta keep See, that up. The, is... the, the new chant will help. The new chant will help. Here's a... This is the thing about this story is mm-hmm. that just running it back just to get the titles immediately on them mm-hmm. is so weird to me. Yeah. Um, because I feel like you don't want to wait too long, but I f- you also don't want to just like make it predictable and go right back to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's kind of the story for me. Because like, here's here's my example, right? CM Punk just won the AEW World Title, and he's going to face MJF probably at Grand Slam. If that title change happens, it feels natural. Mm-hmm. If this one happens, it's like, oh well, we got it wrong the first time, so we just ran it back and you got it. I don't know if it works for me as much as it would have worked here, I think. And you don't want the acclaim to cool down either, so that's the game you play too. But I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with swerving our glory being champions. Like, this is kind of what the conversation you and me were having earlier about Roman Reigns winning. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure. Would have been great if they won because I think the moment really spoke to it. Mm-hmm. But long term, I I almost think it's still better. The person that has the title is better, or in this case, the people. You are so. right. You are right in saying that AEW did this, you know, booked this wrong, how you should have properly done it, you know, to appeal to a larger audience and appeal to those casual fans is after the acclaim lost, Billy Gunn should have come out, sung um, a Neil Diamond song for the crowd. Everyone sings along. Um, right. I think, and then, and then, of of course, the acclaim be like, "Yep, that's oh, we know they're rappers." So not Neil Diamond. Maybe Billy Gunn sings like a Most Def track. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. You know, some sort of old school hip hop artist. Um, I think that's the move, um, and that is how you will get six thousand fans, sixty thousand fans. So it's a yeah, shame yeah. that they didn't do that because obviously that appeals to the casual fan base. So. You know, in for a penny, in for a penny. You miss some, you lose some, TK. I think I just keep swerving, keep this chance. Just keep swerving. Yeah, you, you, you had your shot. It's over. I kind of agree. I, I think it, it might be a genie in a bottle situation. Now it's open. It's like, I don't know if you can get that magic back. We'll find right. out, I guess. We'll find right. out. It's like, like, if they had CM Punk lose tonight, you'd be like, yeah, don't go back to it. Yeah, that's fair. Right? That's fair. It's like, it's kind of, I know CM Punk had the first match too, but in a case, it's like the true thing. I'm, we're talking, we just talked about it earlier. You're not going back to that match. Mm-hmm. You missed the window. It's over. Now, obviously, they were in the UK, so it was a little different. But I don't know. Like you said, in a bottle. Yeah. Bottle is, the bottle's bursted. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't open it in time. It's over. Yeah. Move I, on. I'm. I think it's possible to re- recreate that magic. I'm just unsure. Uh, AEW interim world women's title four way match: Tony Storm defeated Britt Baker, Hikari Shida, and Jamie Hader uh, to become the interim world women's champion. Uh, they checked all my boxes, Ryan. Didn't did they? Did they check all of the boxes? They kinda, Tony Storm they, won. They teased a box. They teased. That's more than we've had. They tease the box. Te- we've had teases in the backs in the past. Yeah, but this time Britt Baker cost Jamie Hayter the title. Okay, legitimately cost her the title. She hit her Rainmaker 
clothesline finisher. She had the win. And Hikaru Shida looked good. So, Hikaru Shida looked good wrestling. Hikaru Shida actually always looks good. Anyways, moving nice, on. Nice save. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I the match suffered from following the acclaimed match. It did. I thought it was. Pre- I thought it was pretty good. Nothing bad. Mm-hmm. Like a solid women's title match. I like. I like just... the tag match more. Personally. What? Sorry, I like I not the tag match. I like the the women's tag match from Dynamite more than this four okay, way. Okay, but sure. yes, it was still good. Whatever. <laughs> I'm so confused. I was like, yeah, I like the tag match that was right before this more too. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought I thought it worked well. They had me thinking Britt Baker won on multiple occasions, which I was about to break a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Hayter was the most over person in the match. So, like, maybe you should call another audible, right? Uh, but I think they can work. The difference between the Acclaim and Jamie Haters, I don't think Jamie Haters in a bottle. Mm-hmm. I think Jamie Haters someone you can work up naturally. Like, she was just in this match because. Cause did, did she get pinned? Jamie Hater? Yeah. I think uh, she got pinned. I believe it was Jamie Hater. I got I to yeah. go back and check, but I believe it so was. So, to me, I thought she was in this match to get pinned. But they added the Britt Baker part in. It worked out. Cool beans. Moving on. Tony Storm was always supposed to win. Um, my question for you is, are you excited for the Tony Storm interim AEW Women's Championship reign? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I am. I don't know... I think it really depends on what they do with Brit. Like, if if they do actual story stuff with Tony, I could be interested in that. I'm not confident in how they view her as a talker. Um, because, like you said, <laughs> she's not a great talker. She did, you know, the only stuff she's had done is all pre-taped stuff, and even in some of them, she wasn't talking. So I'm slightly concerned about that, but yeah. the matches have been good. She has gotten a lot better since when she, for when she first came in here. Remember that first match she had? It was dreadful. Um, I don't remember it. Oh, it's that, the bunny. Is the bunny? Um, well, I mean, what did you want from her? That's fair. <laughs> but this was definitely, you know, I, I mean, I'm, she's looked better and better. She's gotten better, uh, you know. If they move Brit into the TBS title division, I think that would be great. I think that'd be a great move. Uh, give Tony some space. Give her some room. Yeah, get Brit out of the way. I get that. Yeah, I think that that's that because Brit might bog down the whole thing. So I think just give Tony some room to breathe and let's see what we got here. You know, do a Serena D match, do an Anna J match, I guess. Do a Nyla Rose match. You know, as the, well, Nyla Rose would be the next match, honestly. We all know this. Of course, of course, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, I'm fine with it, I guess. You know, I don't know if I'm necessarily excited, Get but, you know. rid of this interim shit. This has to be the last interim champion they ever have. Has to be. I think it's I think it's terrible for your booking. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like you're going to be a stalling period until Thunder Rosa can come back. I don't like it. I don't like it. I didn't like it for the men's. I don't like it for this. 
Obviously, yes. Did I want CM Punk to be champion longer? Yeah, but it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So just get rid of it. Yeah. Please. I did. I, I mean, I'm also just thinking about the press conference comments about uh, Tony Storm saying that Thunder Rose said she, Thunder Rosa says she's injured, and when she comes, when she's willing to come back, you know, she says she's willing to come back, uh, and then Tony Khan following up saying that uh, John Moxley was very professional. He's very excited to have a very professional worker like Tony Storm. <laughs> just thought I was thinking now about like, oh, maybe maybe TK didn't like Thunder Rosa. Ultimately, I'm starting to get yeah. that impression a lot. That's what I have felt. Um, it's it's really we're really getting picking up on that now. So I'm I'm really I'm, I'm I'm interested about that part, but we'll see. Let's swerve back into the press conference real quick. We have Chris Jericho on the horn. Um, he says that he really enjoyed his match of Danielson and reminded him of his matches with Eddie, Chris, and Dean. Says there are just few guys today you can wrestle match just entirely called in the ring uh, with. Mm. with. So there's maybe an answer why the match wasn't as good. There's an answer (laughs) of why I wish I took a nap instead. Uh, uh, Nick Houseman. You had the worst big Brian Danielson match by a sizable margin. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Nick Houseman from Wrestling Inc. asks what Jericho said at the talent meeting. Uh, good questions. I'm loving good it. Questions. I'm good questions. Uh, Jericho said, "Happy maybe, we saved them all for Chris fucking Jericho." Yeah. Uh, Jericho says one of the things we don't leak was we don't leak shit. He wants to remind guys to appreciate where they are. Don't ruin it. Tony says he doesn't want guys going to business for themselves or girls. Jericho agrees. Says Vince wouldn't let it happen. Uh, says they used to have meetings like that in the past, but now they're just a little more frequent. Um. Jericho calls Danielson one in a million. Um, It was Moxley's idea to do uh, the Lionheart gimmick for Chris Jericho. Um, Jericho says when he loses a match, it's a great match. When he wins a match, people say 51-year-old Jericho is burying burying the young guys. I didn't say that about this. I just didn't. I just said it was boring. Where this booking is going. Jericho says this could be the, his best year of his career in terms of star ratings. Um, Tony Jericho, listen, listen, buddy. Yeah, Tony Khan is ECW. Um, Jericho asked about MJF's return. Jericho loved it. Jericho shocked they got the stones. Jericho says in the <gasps> past they asked for Van Halen. It cost a million, so they said no. <gasps> They also tried to get ACDC. That's not real. Uh, and that was it. <laughs> no, this isn't real. What's not real? I don't know if this is a direct quote. I don't know. That yeah, I'm at, the, I'm at the Tony Khan portion of the interview. So we want to talk about just so Tony su- Khan's thoughts real quick. So supposedly Tony... I'll say this while you're, while you're putting that together. Uh, question for Tony about Malachi's malachi black's off-air bow and kiss to the fans tony says he can't comment on it it was for the live fans definitely got some people talking um, all right i'll hit well here's something um fightful reported earlier we're told there were discussions and rumors of a top star in AEW taking some time off after tonight mm-hmm. seems like it could be malachi I think that's the implication from that bow. I also think it's not a surprise. We talked about it today that we weren't going to 
kind of go into it. It seems like it might be some sort of mental health thing. Um, so I think that's if that's the case, that's definitely a respect move that we kind of have to respect what is happening there. Give them some time. I think that's totally okay. Um, there's another question about Tony's recent comment about how he was treated by WWE. He says he doesn't want to get into it. He says that a lot of says a lot of nice things about them, and he hasn't felt it reciprocated. All right. Um, someone asked about locker room tension. Tony smiles and motions to the table like, did he just see Punk tonight? Uh, t- Tony going through what he told Meltzer on his site about how a lot of wrestlers hate each other during the last boom. Um, it's Tony. Tony says it's probably more apparent than ever that not everyone gets along. <laughs> hey, listen, chaos and, and controversy creates money. Tony says he has a pretty calm demeanor and he puts up with a lot of abuse, but even he doesn't like some of the comments people out there hurl his way. Says there's a, only so much slamming of him that he can put up with. Uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics asks about how this pay-per-view is selling. Uh, Tony does not have all the digital numbers, but there's a chance it'll be the second highest all-out pay-per-view ever. Obviously won't beat last year. So that's pretty good. Uh, Tony says last year was the only wrestling pay-per-view on Labor Day weekend. This year they were the third. Doesn't think that is a coincidence. Implies that is one of the things that pissed him off about WWE. It is true. <laughs> Tony says it wants the people says if people want to bring the fight, he's happy to do so. And he has a lot of ways he can and a lot of money. Here we go. Here we go, baby. Tony was hoping this would break the all-out record, but is happy how it did considering the competition. Tony estimates all out revenue would be similar to double or nothing higher than forbidden door. Uh, Oh my God. Tony just got mad. What the fuck? Uh, Tony says that he he just got a treatment of how the Crockett's got treated, but he has way more fucking money than the Crockett's did. Tony clearly feels like he's being bullied and is getting pissed. Oh my god. We shooting over here, man. Someone asked if the EVP roles have changed. Tony doesn't. Praises their trios matches tonight and the work they do behind the scenes. Kenny of the game. Bucks men- mentoring people. Tony points out Kenny's the first AEW triple crown champion, singles tag, and trios. Um uh, and that is looks like Tony thinks everyone he has done relatively early. So that's pretty much it. That's the All presser. Right. That's the post my thoughts on any of those bits. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Um No, not really. I think I think we've reached a point now where it's like just get on with it. I'm done with the backstage like fights back and forth. Yeah, we never talked it's, about it, that. How do you you know, obviously we've been talking about the drama, but how do you feel about like it being on the forefront of the storytelling in AEW right now. Makes a more interesting show for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything feels just a tick more interesting. Um, probably why I went into All Out looking at the car and saying, oh, this should be great. Right? Because everything just feels chaotic, but at the same time, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's created, it creates a buzz by accident. If that makes sense, it creates an extra buzz by accident. And 
it makes each and every TV show, or at least Dynamite, must-see TV. More than usual. Because I'm someone who has watched AEW from the start, much like yourself, much like many people that are listening to this. Yeah. And I was in and out for a while there at the beginning, like in terms of interest. I watched them all, but it wasn't, it was a sense of, okay, this is kind of working for me. And now that they have so many big names that want to be stars, it's going to lead to controversy. It's going to lead to conflict because everyone wants to be at the top. Isn't that the point at the end of the day? If you don't want to be at the top, get the fuck out. That's literally like what CM Punk says. Jericho says, if you don't want to be at the top, if you don't want to be world champion, and maybe that's old school thinking, but that's why controversy is okay. If that's what it's all about, being champion, being at the top, being the popular act, making the money, then so be it. Just keep putting on good shows, and that's how that's all going to happen. Anyway, it was Christian Cage versus Jack <laughs> Perry. <laughs> uh, Fightful Select confirms that Christian Cage is injured. Yes, which is why this match was so short. Fightful also confirmed that he is now going by Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I like that. I've only wanted him to be Jungle Jack Perry or something with his real name for a while. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy with that. It's a start. Um, I think eventually he might just be Jack Perry. But no, well, I think I think the idea is that he is just Jack Perry. But Jungle Boy is like the nickname of the wrestler. You know how some wrestlers have nicknames. Well, eventually he won't be a boy anymore. But yes. Yeah. Um. Oh, I see what you're saying. Eventually, it'll just be straight Jack Perry. This was the most interested I've been in this feud since the very beginning of it. Really? I'm fully out. (laughs) I I figured as much. I (laughs) would you surprise me that it was because of Luchasaurus? (laughs) Well, yeah, I I can't stand Luchasaurus, but but the reason I say it's the most interested I've been is mostly because I haven't been interested at all. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with Luchasaurus to begin with. I don't mind the way they did it because we've been talking about the booking of Jungle Boy and how you're supposed to make him work, Mm -hmm. right? Because you've had him lose so many big matches. And I feel like this is almost a restart for him in a lot of ways. In a sense that now, one, he's got a new name. He's got kind of a new identity type thing. He doesn't have to have his fucking dinosaur with him anymore. Yeah. Which I always thought was the biggest problem is that he had to walk around with a stupid, fake-ass, talentless dinosaur. And now he can just be himself. Yeah. Like, the best line he had this entire feud is, you're not fighting Jungle Boy on Sunday, you're fighting Jack Perry. He needs to be him. He doesn't need to be this... He doesn't need to be Tarzan. Okay? He doesn't need He doesn't need to be Mowgli from what? whatever the fuck this show's called. Jungle Book. He needs to be Jack Perry. Sure, he can keep the Jungle Boy nickname because that's what people call him. Yeah. 
And I don't care what his ring attire looks like. As long as he goes in there and wrestles and performs, that's fine. And if he has to now jump over the hoop of Luchasaurus, so be it. If Christian Turk, just in the end, he has to win this feud, right? That's first and foremost, he has to win this feud. And now you kind of put heat on Christian that I didn't think he had personally. I thought he only had cheap heat. Yeah. Now this feels like actual heat because he got the dinosaur to turn on him. So it reignited an idea of, okay, maybe you can make this work. Maybe you can make the thing that I thought was dead in the water eventually work. And I understand why you're out. I would understand why anyone's out because it's, again, with the dinosaur. Um, But that's why I was out this whole time. It's because, like, I did not want him to be with Jungle Boy anymore. So that's the part I like long-term. Hopefully the Jack Perry thing and him being long-term, getting major wins. You know, he's still a ways away from winning a title or anything. But this is a much better reset to me than just being Jungle Boy and having his dinosaur by his side as after beating Christian. Because, mm-hmm. like, I would have walked away and been like, oh, Great. Now we're back to Jurassic Express. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Personally, it's uh, always the dinosaur's fault. Uh, well, I, part of it, I was super out of it because, you know, I took it as like we have, uh, you know, I tweeted out, well, well, it's Luchasaurus. You know, I, I assume that, you know, we're, we're big showing Luchasaurus over here for some do- goddamn uh. reason. Um, just That's swapping him here, hither and thither about uh, his turns. Apparently, the Twitter sleuths say that the story is that he, when he joined back up with Jungle Boy, he never touched Christian. He never changed his attire. All this other jazz, right, right, right. Uh, wasn't obvious to me. What was obvious to me was him turning again uh, on on Jungle Boy. Uh, so. <sighs> I wasn't into Ooh, it. Immediate eye juicy. roll. Immediate eye roll. For no, me. I, I get that. Uh, well, you also have like the feud with Jungle Boy already. Yeah, I'm in the fact maybe now that he's Jack Perry, maybe we can start a new, you know, start a relationship. That's re, that's, know, that's how I'm looking at it. Reboot. It's that it's a legitimate fresh start for him as a wrestler. Now, in the same vein, though, we talked about how you know you're going to be not wrestling Jungle Boy and wrestling Jack Perry. Uh, a 33 second loss here, Jack Perry. Maybe you should have been Jungle Boy. <laughs> I, I my hope now is that right. He doesn't have his dinosaur anymore. Mm-hmm. He lost to Christian in 30 seconds because he got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Tried to fight, but he got destroyed. I like that they gave him the kick out. Like, I thought that was a little thing to do. Um, but like now, you need a whole new look. I think you need to know a whole new feel. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll wait and see how that goes. But I feel better about it than I, I – well, I wanted the feud to end. Mm-hmm. And now since I am not getting that, I have to look at it in a different way. And it's that if we can make continue to bring him to Jack Perry and away from Jungle Boy, then that's the win. I agree. I agree. Let's move on. Um, fun little bit here sure so when sean ross sap tweeted there's some big heat already on cm punk from his comments at the aw post rum um he added 
after the fact that we obviously have to be uh, so some people teased walking out, but he also added in the end, we also have to be wary of it being a work because that is how AEW works, right? You, uh, you're never sure. Denise Salcedo added, though, all I can say is that during the media scrum, we all saw a security guy run out the door. That is true. WWE, I'm sorry, WWE, AEW has been doing a lot of uh, after the after the cameras are off, supposedly after the television, you know, the time slots are filmed and everything. They've been doing a lot of post show angles and stuff. They did, you know, Osprey United Empire beating up Omega and the Elite. You know, they did, you know, I talked about the Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho stuff, which was just like pictures. I don't think any video of that ever came out. Um, right. So they're, they've been doing a lot of that stuff recently. This sure. could be that. This could be that. And knowing that the yeah. wrestling media is all there as well. Like, who threatened to walk out? Colt Cabana? Let him go. Is he wasn't even there. <laughs> Right, like I mean, Adam Page, I guess maybe I don't know. Adam Page didn't threaten to walk out. He doesn't give a shit. Like they'll if, figure it out. You know what's interesting? They're gonna figure it out. The, really, the end of the story is like either everyone being sick of at CM Punk and leaving, like for real, or uh, CM Punk leaving, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like the what's what's the win scenario for like the AEW originals? It's CM Punk quitting the company, mm-hmm. right? Like that's weirdly how this story ends. I feel like my take is that you poke the bear enough, he's gonna poke back eventually. He poked back right? today. He poked back. But you have to remember, Kenny made a comment. Remember, he made a comment a few weeks ago mm-hmm. during his entrance or whatever, or his post match. He made a you know snide comment, and I'm sure they have conversations backstage. And you know you have to remember, wrestlers are also always working, and that's why I say some of this was probably real. Some of this was also probably kayfabe. They're blur. They've blurred the lines so much we don't know anything anymore, and that's really cool. Yeah, this is kayfabe, it makes wrestling baby. better. <laughs> it makes is... wrestling better. Yeah. So I don't really give a shit. It's yeah, it's gonna leave us talking about it, which is cool, but like good. There's a certain point of the kayfabe. There's a certain point of the kayfabe at all where we have been like you know, examining with a fine tooth comb and everything, wrestling, all this stuff. We're at this point, we're at the point where it's like shoot work, shoot work era that we have no idea that at a certain point you and I and I think a lot of other people should definitely just throw her hands up and be like, I don't know. I'm just going to watch it and see what plays out. You know, this, I, this is, I've never said this because I don't necessarily like saying this phrase, but I'm just going to watch and see how it plays out at this point, because there are so many wildly think weird things happening that I have no idea what's real, what's fake. Yeah. You got to hit them with the, let it, let it play out. Fucking the guy that returned tonight. The last words he says, when he called his boss a fucking Mark. Uh, right, and then was that was that it was that voicemail real? I mean, is Tony Khan an actor? Does he get a SAG credit? Like, what is this? Uh, so these are all the questions you gotta ask. Uh, next match, yeah. Chris. We had the last three matches here: Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. We kind of already alluded to this already. Uh, an upsettingly bad match. 
Uh, My best way to say it is boring. Aggressively fine. Right. It, it was, was it was it was aggressively fine. To me, there was nothing atrocious about it. There was nothing great about it. Nothing yeah. good about it. It was just fine in the sense that it was a wrestling match that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was shocked, honestly. I don't know. I mean, obviously we were all expecting better, but it was just like I mean, Chris Jericho did not look up to par. This was so no, boring. It looked like it looked like he skipped back in time again. Yeah. Like in terms of like to the time where we said get him off the TV. Yeah. Like I don't know what happened. He had those great matches. He was having a great run. Mm-hmm. And it feels like just something happened. I uh, yeah, I don't and know what clicked what happened in this match. I, Seemingly I it was either. called in the ring, so maybe that's part of it. And listen, we've gotten to a point where if you're wrestling Brian Danielson, you have to meet him at his level or you're going to get walked over and you could tell how much he carried this match to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, Brian Danielson is one of the best, if not the best in the world for a reason. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just an absolute, it was an absolute wet fart. I just want the feud to end. Six man tag team. Wet fart in that I was upset. Because I thought it could have been good. I agree. Six man tag team match: Darby Allen, Miro, and Sting versus the House of Black. <laughs> That's what I said when the started. I was like, oh, I don't care. Like Sting's gonna do something cool, and that's it. This is this is all I look forward to. This is one hundred percent like the middle of the show of like a Quake by the Lake type event, you know. Mm. You know, you book mm-hmm. you book it and Sting on the show, right? And a six man tag, and it was just like, all right, that was good. That was it. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what it was about this stretch of matches that just like four, five, almost. I mean, you know, taking out the AW World Tag Team Title match. Uh, and then on your own accord, whether or not you want to keep in or take out the interim world women's title match, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six to seven matches that were just like, this is fine to like bad to like good to like just straight up boring and useless. Yeah, I think some. Yeah, like that's more than ha- that's almost half the show. I think the Power of Hobbs Ricky Starks match accomplished something. I agree, which is why I like the placement of it. I agree. Like, yeah, some of the matches did nothing. Like this one, this one did nothing. And I, I kind of feel like House of Black was probably supposed to win. Um, I hope <laughs> if, if Malachi isn't the guy that's leaving, then I'm going to be rattled. Uh, but I hope he gets the help that he needs, if that's the case, of course. Yeah. Um, like I said, staying good, cool stuff. And then uh, Darby pinned Malachi, and the match is over. Yeah. Yeah, It's um, it was interesting. It was interesting to see the least. I was obviously expecting a lot more, and we did not get it. Um, but we what we did get was Sting using Mist, so that prompted me to get really excited about... Um, uh, Sting versus uh, Great Muda happening on Dynamite uh, at uh, Grand Slam. So can't wait the for dream. that. That's the dream. Main event, AEW World title match. CM Punk defeats John Moxley in 20 minutes. 
Um, this match was really good. Um, I I thought the shock almost win of CM Punk at the very beginning was, was very well done. Yeah. Uh, it was very yeah, believable, excited. which was fantastic. Um, mm. I thought this, yeah, I thought it was just good stuff all around here. What did you think of this match? Yeah, it's the match I got to rewatch because, like I said, I was getting tired and I was just waiting for the end of it, which is kind of weird because I was so excited for it. But I think I also got, got taken out of it because of like what we were dealing with those past the matches before this. It was just a lot. Um, but from what I remember, really good stuff, as you'd expect from these two. Yeah. Um, the story of CM Punk, We Are Chicago. I think someone made a great point of how, you know, he he was able to lift up Moxley with Chicago cheering him on mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. to get that win. I thought that was, you know, fantastic storybook ending type stuff. Yeah, that just naturally happened. Um, John Moxley has had a great year. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what he does now because obviously he was never supposed to be AEW World Champion. Mm-hmm. So now, like, does he get back on track to where he was originally going with? Because, like, as AEW World Champion, kind of felt. For me, at least, he always felt a little disconnected from the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club. A little Except bit. for William Regal. Yeah. So I'm going to just see him get back into it. Um, yeah, because remember originally it was him and Danielson team doing tag team stuff. Right. And then they just had to go away from it, obviously. And Danielson's now kind of waiting now. So I would like if they went back to that. The door's open. The door's open for them to for sure. team back for up. Sure. Uh, Danielson also came through the heel um entranceway i noticed tonight mm-hmm. um just just a little something because that does matter with this company um yeah i'm, I'm interested to see what happens because i think those two those two are like to the two of the guys the most interested anyways yeah and they both had they both had results where it kind of leaves the door open for something new i i think i agree though the daniel garcia story is interesting to me still yeah. I will say that. I'm wondering how that goes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, that we kind of talked about it earlier, where it's just I, they have this idea where they can certainly go into a new direction now. We can separate from the Jericho Appreciation Society and, and separate themselves from Blackpool Combat Club. We can see what else they can do, finally go off and do something else that would be very much appreciated, uh, despite being Dana Garcia and Wheeler Yuta showing up this Wednesday. Um, this match was very good. Uh, I I think I agree with you. Uh, that the you know whole, having Chicago on the on his shoulders, you know he's a punk as an all time bleeder in this company. So having that bloody face, the hurt foot, um, the Chicago on his back and Moxley on his back and fighting and digging deep and putting him away with the GDS right. GTS. I thought that was a fantastic storybook ending. Um, John Moxley, great rain. Um, I think this rain might surprise you, but I thought it was better than his last rain. No, I agree. Um, doesn't surprise me at all. And then, yeah, of course, we ended with CM Punk and uh, MJF stare down. So seemingly that's going to happen at Grand Slam. Okay, I got to talk about this. Um, the MJF video reveal was perfection. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic stuff. 
with the Tony Khan voicemail. Yeah. You know, hey, like, get back here. I'm not going to extend you. I'll give you this amount of money. I'll let you be the Joker. And, like, it kind of made Tony Khan look like a snake in some ways of, like, he desperately made sure to get this guy back. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you how I thought it could have happened. I thought they were going to go an extra step and they were going to let him cash it in right then and there at one point Mm -hmm. because I thought they were playing to the point of Tony Khan got so desperate to get this guy back that he essentially handed him the AEW world title. Now, that could still be the case. But ultimately, here's my take. I have been set on CM Punk winning this main event. Yeah. Because he deserves that AEW title run. MJF should be walking out of Grand Slam as AEW World Champ. Because if CM Punk beats him, I feel like you ruin everything you committed yes. to over the past three, four months. You took him off TV while he is signed to a contract, while he works for you, to sell an angle. And this was always going to be the all-out main event. I think we're all positive. Add CM Punk not got hurt. So you just got to kick it back a little. Does CM Punk get his full reign? No. But was he really going to get a full reign? Maybe a few defenses, Mm -hmm. but clearly he wasn't going to get that long of a reign. And I do think CM Punk does do well without the title. We saw it. He did well without the title forever. And now you have this big Grand Slam match. And the idea of MJF kind of taking the title hostage in a lot of ways is interesting to me. And then you can build up a savior, whoever that may be to eventually take the belt from MJF. And assuming that's his faction now, I like him. I like Big Cass as his heavy. Yep. Um, I keep forgetting. W. Morrissey. Dick I like Morrissey. Morrissey as his heavy. Yep. Um, the gun club's annoying enough that it makes sense to be with MJF. Mm-hmm. Ethan Page is a weird one. <laughs> For sure. I like Lee Moriarty. Yeah. Still a weird one. Well, like, it's going to be interesting. And I like him and Stokely. I think they'll be a lot of fun together mm-hmm. because they've worked together, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But in the end, all of this, they gave a surprise that worked really well, showing the Ring of Honor footage, showing MJF. I just wish, I think I wanted even more from it, but it was still great, if that makes sense. I agree. I think I think you're 100 percent right. I think MJF is totally winning the title of Grand Slam uh, in ending this CM Punk second reign of the of being. It would be AD wrong if he did it. 100. percent It would be wrong. It would it would not be correct of the storytelling. I mean, the story is right there for MJF to be the champion. I mean, even look, look, remember that voicemail. I mean, Tony Khan didn't say that he's like, you know, renewing his contract or. Uh, you know, doing anything you know special of his contract, or anything, right? He says he's not giving him an extension, and he's just going to give him the flat money, right? So, you know, this is just part of it. So now, MJF, you know, I'll put you in the thing. Probably Tony Khan's character, hoping that he loses, right? 
MJF wins. Okay, but now we have to have the match. It'll Not be- only does MJF win, he has a plan. He has a plan to win. He hijacked them, th- hijacked the whole thing. Uh, then, um, then MJF has to have the match at Grand Slam. MJF wins the match. Then it's in New York. Yes, in New York, uh, MJF can probably seemingly run away through the crowd with the title belt. Maybe I don't know who who had the closing chance of the show. In Chicago, Illinois tonight? MJF, baby. MJF. You know, it is... I don't necessarily know if this is a face turn or anything like that from MJF, but it is in New York. He's still the AEW villain. Correct. He is the supervillain of the whole show. Um, Now on television, he has to uh, remind people that he is the supervillain more. Um but yeah, he can easily take the whole show hostage, have all these contracted people just beat up everybody, and just have a supervillain army by his side. I never would have guessed Lee Moriarty, the Gun Club, Ethan Page, and W. Morrissey would be all, and Stokely Hathaway would be a part of that evil supervillain army. Um, but <laughs> but this is where we're at. This is where we are at with that. It's so. interesting. It's interesting to say the least. Uh, I think you're right in saying that he has to win 100%. So we'll see um, where that goes, I guess. And that's coming from someone that wanted CM Punk so desperately to get a real title raid. It mm-hmm. would be wrong. I think, I, I really do think MJF was doing some of the best work in wrestling before his long hiatus, like all of wrestling. In his matches, mm-hmm. in his storytelling, in his promos, he has shown he's as complete a package as any. And uh, I think he's resigned, personally. Yeah, me too. I think, I think they have, I think they've struck gold the way they've handled this because they turned the real life situation. I think, while again blurring the lines, we still don't know if it was real or not. He delivered that scathing, phenomenal promo that left everyone talking. Mm-hmm. Then he disappeared. For not to be heard from. For three months. For three months. That is a that's commitment. Right? Three months of your career gone. 90 days. Comes back with a Tony Khan voicemail saying, Listen, I just needed to get you back. Blah, blah, blah. Shows the CM Punk promo, which was, you know, just kind of like insane to look at. Mm-hmm. You see him turn, take the mask off, put on the scarf. Big pop. I thought that was a beautiful touch, by the way. Yeah. Music hits. He walks out. Crowd's a little like they don't know how to react yet because it's obviously MJF, and he's going in CM Punk's face. And then the po- and then the cheers rain in. And just like that, you kind of sit there thinking, and in the end, this was always the guy. This was always the guy. Yeah. And now I can't wait to see what he does. That first promo, that's going to be a spike. Yeah. Because the moment they announce that MJF speaks, that's going to be locked on. I think you got to start up the show with that. I agree. MJF's talking. Yeah. You got a new world champion. Sure. But everyone wants to hear MJF. 
Everyone wants to hear MJF talk, and I can't wait for it. But but here's here. Let me ask you, Ryan. What's your thoughts on this? He doesn't say a word until Grand Slam because he has Stokely Hathaway. Just don't be on, just don't be on TV. Why not? I'll, I'll go that far. Don't be on TV until Grand Slam. You got the manager. You got the manager who can talk the talk, obviously with Stokely. Mm-hmm. You got you can Ethan, have your go, you can have your goons do all the work. You have Ethan Page who can also talk, right? Ethan Page can talk really well. Mm-hmm. Have CM Punk feud with no one in a lot of ways. Feud with the ghost. Feud with the devil. It works, right? Yeah, it works. And um, you know what's also interesting about that, real quickly? MJF was cheered in Chicago, and yes, prompted by a uh, Cole Cabana question. <laughs> but we also now saw we, we also saw the rough, mean, bad CM guy and CM Punk, who bashed fan favorite Hangman Page. Fan favorites, the elite and MJF. I mean, this one maybe maybe a line too far. Uh, made fun of a guy that shared a bank account with his mother. You know, yeah. Interesting. Are you are are you cheering for CM Punk? Are you booing for the classic supervillain MJF? Or are you mm-hmm. going to be cheering the AEW original and booing yeah. the WWE guy? I like Jericho's line, um, how he said, MJF's going to be a fantastic baby face if he likes it or not. It's true. It's true. And and, that it, and somehow it could be now. <laughs> it, it might that's be the, now. That's the fun of it. Uh, I'm he, really excited, though. He might at this point. You know, the element of working. What are we working here for CM Punk? Working as a heel, right? Then that moment, he's working as a heel. Whether yeah. whether it's on purpose or not, that's what's happening. MJF was and, cheered in Chicago over a champion in Punk. And now you have the third match between these two, right? Yeah. Third match. Do you add a step? Do you not? What do you do? We don't know. We'll wait and see. But I couldn't be more excited for the future. I think there is a lot of excitement. You got the trios titles that are just absolute money. You have Kenny Omega back and I wouldn't I won't say better than ever because Kenny Omega had like the greatest couple of year run maybe of the past two decades for any wrestler. Yeah. But he feels like he's at that level already. And I can't wait to see what he does, you know. And of course MJF. MJF Everyone's saying that CM Punk outshined MJF with his comments after the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting here after you read all those comments and you, we went over those comments and I've went on Twitter and read what he said and watched video. To me, it's still about MJF. I don't think anything's changed. That's what I'm and if it's on. And if it's not, like you said, Maybe CM Punk is that heel all of a sudden. That's the question. That's the question Always we're left with. Working. Who are the heels? Who are the faces? Who are the bad guy? Am I a bad guy? I look in the mirror, I think I'm the good guy. 
who the heck knows uh that is it that That is it for this week's episode of ring post radio thank you so much everybody for you stayed up with us thank you if you're listening us the next day we appreciate that it's two in the morning here scotty we've been we we recorded five hours of wrestling audio today um i think that is a fantastic job by us but boy howdy do I do, are my legs tired uh, from carrying all that and audio? How do I want to go to bed? It's yeah, it's two in the morning here. I think that's a great way to end it with who are the villains, who are the heroes. I've been Ryan Knights. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Knights. That has been Scotty Edwards. You can follow him at Scott E Wrestling. Um, follow the whole show at Count Out Pod. Subscribe to the show on on wherever you get podcasts. Uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Count Out Pod. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. We got three tiers: three dollar tier, five dollar tier, and ten dollar tier. With a lot of different fun stuff, like uh, being able to see this live show. I think if you're on the Patreon, you can relive to see this live show, and you can see my cat being adorable and sleeping behind me the entire show, and it was <laughs> very cute, and I loved him. Uh, that is it from us. We'll be back this Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with an all-new episode of Ring Post Radio. It's talking about whatever else is new in the world. I don't recall us having a lot, really, to talk about, Scotty, uh, this upcoming Sunday, so that will be interesting. Maybe we'll do a little Q&A thing. I don't know. But we'll talk about that later, and we'll figure it out for next week's Ring Post Radio. Until then, we'll see you all next time. Goodbye. This has been a Countout Podcast.